Coach K returns to Cameron in very Coach K fashion and made sure that the Blue Devils got a dub and all the energy in between. Pitt is still trying to claim the top spot. We'll talk about that with the race of Virginia in the middle in NC State. What happened? You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just when I was starting to believe in NC State again, man, oh, man, it dropped a head scratcher last night against Syracuse. We're going to talk about that game as well as Pitt, Boston College, and more importantly, Duke and our guys at Notre Dame. Coach K's return to Cameron and all the world's a stage over there in Durham, North Carolina. We're going to have that conversation and preview the Wednesday night's games. Kenton Gibbs is here helping us do all the things. Kenton, how are you feeling? I feel great as always. How about yourself? How you doing? You know, can't complain making a little money here because this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make sure every moment is more. Okay, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We're rocking and rolling trying to figure out just how good NC State is because a birdie told me that if the pack don't win on Saturday, there could be some problems for Coach Keats. That's what I heard. And I think that this loss against Syracuse certainly may stir the conversation of, is he the guy to take an elite team to the next level? I'm just going to say it. Um, I, Anybody who's saying that about Coach Keats, I would like to know, based on what grounds and on what premise, uh, this is one of the few coaches that NC State has had, that he and Elliott Case are the only two coaches in NC State history now in the history of the red and white back when it was pink and light blue or whatever colors there were uh, way, way back when. Only two in history to have the winning percentage that they have in conference, um, I believe is through this amount of time or in consecutive seasons of having uh, a certain winning percentage. But I I would like to take a a note out of Hubert Davis's book here. And uh, I would like to point out a very special person in this mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And the very special person I like to point out in this game is Mr. Burt Smith. Now, for those of you who don't know who Burt Smith is, he's a referee in the ACC. And I know what people are thinking. Ken, why is it always the ref's fault? Well, here's the interesting thing about Burt Smith, okay? Burt Smith has refereed seven of NC State's games. In those games, included in there, is the 42-13 to 13, uh, free throw discrepancy game as well as this game where DJ Burns fouled out and Ebenezer Dewana was called for a foul, which everybody, including many Syracuse fans, disagreed with, because then on the other end, um, Edwards got a, a similar foul where everybody's like, neither one of those are fouls. But here's the interesting thing about Burt Smith that I need the ACC to pay attention to. NC State is 3-4 and four when he officiates, 17-3 and three under any other crew without him. I need that to be taken into a little consideration. I know that everybody said NC State folks are black helicopter people. We're unwell. There's always a conspiracy. But maybe, just maybe, if a team through 20 games without one thing that they cannot control is 17-3, and 
And then in the seven games with the one thing that, again, is there but not present on the twin, they can't control their three and four. Some questions need to be asked. Some questions need to be raised. I really want y'all to touch grass because if y'all are making everything conspiracy and it coming down to the refs and efficiency and where where did he go to school? I, I know y'all know. Where did, where did Bert Smith go to school? I don't know where Bert I'm Smith shocked to you don't because but I feel I, like, nope, let me finish. I think it's insane to me that we have to have these conversations every week about refing and officiating because at some point, why is there no for- finger pointing towards the people that are on the floor? If we could have gotten past this, the next thing is, obviously, this team had some faults and laps of their own. But again, the first thing that I need to point out here is, again, 20-game sample. This is not a small sample size of just, oh, this That's is That's not even games. a full season. Hear me out. This okay. is 20 games now many of which in conference. We're not talking about five games against the Island of Missing Toys University team. We're not talking about Lollipop Guild Community College. We're talking 20 games Mm -hmm. against the best that this conference has to offer, the worst that this conference has to offer, 17 and three, Mm -hmm. and then three and four Mm -hmm. in games with Burke. So, you know, I mean, hey, it's, I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. Mm -hmm. I have always told folks, Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, we can laugh and we can joke and we can have fun when we the one with the gun. But once the rabbit gets it, it ain't no fun no more. Everybody looking around. Because, again, I like I said, I'm taking a book, I'm taking a page out of Hubert Davis' book. Because Hubert Davis also a comment on officiating. Don't put Hubert in this. Don't but, Own it from NC on, State's POV. On, own on, it from NC State's on. POV, let's, please. Let's go a step further. Let's go a step further. Josh Pastner said, that the conference has sent out a memorandum telling coaches to not criticize the officiating at a point when you have to go out of your way to say, oh, well, hey, everybody, stop saying something about a thing. Stop saying something about that hole in the wall. Maybe, just maybe, possibly, fixing the hole in the wall is what you need to do and maybe not tell the people in the house, hey, what happens in our house stays in our house. It's our business. Nobody needs to know about that hole in the wall. Fix the hole. The hole. But I feel like if we went to the SEC, I feel like if we went to the Big 12, you went to the Big 10, everyone's going to find a reason to blame the refs. And honestly, it's getting, I'm sick of it. (laughs) I'm actually sick of it. I'm actually sick of it. And here's, and here's the thing. Again, I am a firm believer in, you know, at the end of the day, you're right. The first thing that you should look at is always yourself. However, When your conference has the largest gap between the first overall and second overall team in terms of free throw shot in the season, the biggest gap and your gap is nearly two times bigger than the second biggest conference gap. There is something to be said about. So what is, so so what's the reason? What's the reason then? What is the reason? What everybody's up against ACC. People are mad at ACC. These refs are at best, at best mediocre and they're overworked. They're, they're working way too mm. many games. If you see the schedules that these referees are working, it's absolute bedlam. So, so are they the real villains? More. Are they the real villains? Maybe we need to be talking about their p- poor management schedule. Maybe we need to be – we're yeah, mad at the wrong it's people. The, it's the Absolutely, it's the conference. And, again, Bursman, I'll, I'll say it like this, right? It's like, um, it's like the referee Foster with Chris Paul, right? Chris Paul has lost every playoff game that that Foster referee has ever officiated, right? There comes a moment – where you need to have a, sec- a second where you're like, wait a minute, 
There is something, something ain't right here. The math don't But you know what's also not right is that you spent eight minutes talking about everything but what happened on that damn court. And at the end of the day, your boys didn't know how to figure it out and find a way to win in Syracuse and a win that they desperately needed in order to have people say, yeah, NC State, me take NC State serious, okay? That's what I feel like. And if you're not taking NC State serious at this point in time, that's a choice. It's your choice. It's a choice. I don't. Why you lose to a team like Syracuse? Again, it is the ACC. We're acting as if this is a conference where the chasm between the best and worst teams is nationwide, number one. But, a, number but two, apparently so. When people did I say that? that? No, I'm saying people think that the ACC is just a joke these days and that the, the drop-off is insane. So I'm just – I'm telling you what I know. And, I, and, and I'm telling you what is objectively in our stats and standings. There is no team that doesn't have at least what? three or four conference losses this season, none. So there is no, oh, this is the number one. They're better than everybody. They're the bullies of the block. Even the bullies of the block have had moments where they've looked bad. UVA's offense has those times where they go anemic as always. Clemson has looked ter- god-awful at times. Miami, sometimes they don't want to show up for the first half at all. So there is no huge drop-off between like, all right, these are the best teams in the conference, and then this is like, this is the one team Everybody else. That's that doesn't exist here. Okay. Overall, two, ten, in ten seconds. That's all I need. Tell me about the NC State Syracuse matchup on the floor. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have two words for you. Judah Mintz. Judah Mintz mm. dominated. He showed up. He made he had Jarkel Joyner in a blender, boy. Every time you looked up, Jarkel did not know where the ball was because Judah had it on the string. He shot better from the three-point line than he has all season. He shot better from the free throw line than he did all season. That, combined with Burt Smith, are the reasons that Syracuse won this game. Well, have mercy. Look at that. You found a way to just get to the get to the meet. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine for your bets for a chance at a bigger payout at the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment with more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Rocking and roll with Kenton Gibbs here. We're talking through Tuesday night's games. Spent 10 minutes talking about Burt Smith, who God knows I hope you're having a great, great Wednesday afternoon. Hate that we had to waste our time and breath on you because at the end of the day, it all matters what you do on the court. But case in point, speaking of not talking about people on the court, what's the point anymore? Coach K, he returned to Cameron. It was all about him in the way that, you know, people argue sometimes it can be about Roy Williams. There were some questionable calls throughout the night where Coach K almost had a little itch to him where he wanted to get in there and say, okay, I might have the old bug back. But all I say this is this. All I say to say that is it was nice to see him back, nice to see him doing well, and nice for the Blue Devils to get the victory in front of him against his, you know, assistant, former assistant, colleague, whatever you want to call him, Mike Bray in Notre Dame, fighting Irish. You know, I will I, – I, Duke did their thing. They There were moments where they were flatly dominant, where Filipowski couldn't be stopped after mm-hmm. a game that he was just god-awful. Uh, he comes back and returns with this performance. 
But I want to give a little credit to Mike Bray and the boys because they battled back every time it looked like Duke was ready to pull away. They fought back, clawed their way back in the game. Every single time you're like, all right, that's it. Duke's going to put this thing away. Notre Dame just kept fighting and battling and clawing and scraping and, and fight, which is more than we can say for some other teams on this night. And so, you know, the the there needs to be a little bit. I'm not saying that, you know, hey, Bray, you're doing a great job and Notre Dame he's not. forever. Not mm-hmm. saying that. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is this team fought. They fought to the last whistle. They fought. <laughs> they battled. And that's, you know, again. Hey. You and you love a more victory, child, because ain't no more victories in this one. Y'all still stink. You know stink. I, I'm not saying that there was a moral victory. All I'm saying is the fight and making it a good game. Let me tell you this. How many games have you watched at Wild Cover Locked on ACC per night? How many games do you watch? Too damn many, honestly. I would say two to three, right? Mm-hmm. At least two to three. You try to get around all that. Do you would you rather watch a game where a team goes down, gets down, and is like all right, that's it. Go ahead and kick us. We gonna roll on over. You've been to talk about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, I personally enjoy seeing teams that battle and scrape and claw and make it so that you know you won't, you might get your win, but you're gonna come out with some licks. You're gonna come out with some game film that you can say, okay, we need to work on this, this, and this. Not just the the players sitting up there laughing and say, oh man, look at that. Look at how bad I did. Okay, well, I'll give you that. But I think that ultimately Notre Dame has yet to find a win in how many games? It's getting kind of crazy. It's yeah, getting kind of crazy. I agree. I agree. It's, it's getting kind of embarrassing. But you know what? And, and can we talk about that? I don't want to spend too much time talking about this. Please don't. What's going on with Bray? He's he, he's leaving. So he's Notre leaving, Dame. but he's not reti- retiring. So, so is this like a uh, – what was the coach from UConn that like coached at a local community college or Division three college after he left? Uh, UConn is it Calhoun? Um, is it is it Coach Calhoun? I want to say sure, but yeah, he would. Is it is it that situation where he's like, well, yeah, I'm done here, but I'm not fully done. Or is, is he Mike got fired and he tried to he tried to say instead of letting me be embarrassing and I'm gonna be let go, I'm gonna retire. But then he said, you know what, I don't want to retire. This ain't about me. I'm a qu- I'm a like quiet quit. He's quiet quitting. He's quiet quitting. Or maybe he got quiet fired. Who knows? Either way it goes, he ain't coming back no day. Wow. That's what I know. Wow. So they told him you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here. I'll see you later out of South Bend. That's what I know. Yes. I'm just telling you what I know. Speaking of good games that, you know, started out nice, but ultimately ended up dominating, Pitt wins six straight and is alone in first place in the ACC. Will the real number one please stand up? Okay, period. I think that Federico, Federico, Mr. Burton, and the boys are doing what they need to do to get by. We know you love to give Capel some love, so here you go. 77-58 victory against Boston College, a team that showed some fight, but ultimately their turnovers and sloppiness has really dealt them a bad hand. But, see, they showed fight for all of, like, eight minutes in the first half. Like, when they got no, out of here. No, they, they, they just didn't, no, know, they they didn't did. know how to stop runs. They didn't know how to stop Pitt's runs. They, it, they just kept they, draining it, draining and, the threes. And Pitt frustrated their big posts. They they frustrated him early, and he was taking bad fouls, and he ended up fouling out and all that good stuff. Uh, but this was a game where, you know, Pitt flexed their muscle a little bit. I mean, at almost every position, you know, they, they've got the star, of course, and uh, they've got the star. And help me out, number 11. Uh, help me out here. Help Nike me out. Nike Sabande? The, the guy Burton. That, 
Burton. Burton. They got the star in Burton. He's a guy who does everything. He defends at a high level. He shoots the three ball at a high level. He gets to the rim. They they tried to do multiple different matchups against him, right? So in one matchup, they put the really good defender on him, and they say, okay, this is a longer guy, and he should keep him from the lane. Burton hits it. So they switched the little guy on him. It's like, oh, he's going to make him uncomfortable on the perimeter. He backs him down and gets an easy bucket in the post. I mean, it, it was like it was like there was nothing they could do with him. And they did put up a good fight in the first half. But I'll tell you what, in that second half, it was just like it was Blake you know, Henson. Blake Henson and his six three pointers that he made on the night is the reason why they won that game. But also Zachary, my my guy, if you hit, if you airball one three, don't airball two tomorrow. You know, like it. That ain't your shot. Your legs is gone for the night. It's okay. That ain't that ain't for you. That ain't for you. Game. It was a tough game for Boston College. And again, <laughs> their coaches, we we love them. They are great for media days. They make you feel like, yeah, I could go out there and set a screen and get a couple of rebounds, but y'all got to win. You got to win the games. You got to do the things and win these games. I mean, this is their second back-to-back loss by 20-plus. Like, that's... It's embarrassing. Ugh. It's a, little, it's a little embarrassing. But for Pitt, we talked about with uh, Drizzy Drake yesterday, their remaining schedule, and if they sh- could potentially win out. It seems like a nice little road for them, right? I don't see too much trouble in regards to whether or not Pitt is going to be able to secure and beat the rest of their goings. So they got Virginia Tech, Georgia mm-hmm. Tech, Syracuse, and then they end with Notre Dame and Miami. I said Miami's the only one that they're going to drop. Other than that, they all very winnable. What do you think? I think Miami's the only team that has a serious shot at beating. Yeah. They would, they would get popped up and punched in the mouth if any of these other ones go ahead and win. I mean, and and it's possible because we've seen we've seen out of these teams, we've seen out yeah. of Pitt a slow start this season to where they look discombobulated and confused, and we've seen out of all of those teams yep. upsets from them or moments where they looked really good. So it's possible. But it seems as though um, if – the, the smart money would have them winning at least four of those games. Oh, yeah. I, I Like I said, I think they're going to win, but, you know, crazier things have happened. Now, there's a whole slate of Thursday night matchups. I mean, excuse me, Wednesday night matchups that we have to preview and get ready for because at the end of the day, I feel like it's going to be some good ones going down. And I'm going to start with the one here, a team that's still vying for the opportunity to be number one in the ACC. Virginia will face Louisville at Louisville. And you say to yourself, it's going to be a joke of a game. It's not going to be great. But if anything, low scoring is what Louisville likes to do. So if they could just play some sound defense, boy, it could be it could be a closer matchup than you think. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. <laughs> Tony Bennett loves when you've got one guy who's the guy. Tony Bennett loves that. He salivates it. He dreams about that at night. He, oh, man, he's. You know, I, I, as 50 Cent said, I love you like a fat kid love cake. That's how Tony Bennett loves when you've got just that one and everything focuses and flows and goes off him. And he's looking at L. Ellis and he said, oh, y'all think we're going to get Kihei to defend him? Ooh, that's cute. <laughs> Boy, we got some traps. We got some switches. We got some hard heads. We got some, we got some things coming for Mr. Ellis that you ain't never, ever seen us act like this before. But don't worry. It's going to be a long night. It's going to be an all-night thing with you and our defense, baby. That's what it's going to yeah. be. So, uh, yeah, uh, UVA by 20. <laughs> 
20, bro. I think 20. they get 10. I think it's only going to be 10. And I honestly think Louisville going to keep it. I really think Louisville going to keep it closer than we think. I, it's going to be one of the lowest scoring games that we see this season in the ACC. Virginia, I'll, I'll, Louisville. I'll tell you this, and I, I mean this without hesitation or joke. The Herculean efforts required to keep this a single-digit game from the other guys in Louisville would be nothing short of a miracle. All right, nothing. what's the FanDuel? What, what kind of bet you want to put on it? I think that they're going to be within 10. Again, I am if you <laughs> if you're saying you got Louisville plus 10, I will take that all day and tomorrow. As a matter of fact, let's go see. It's it's, what, it's minus 16 and a half. That's what it is. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I think I think it'll be plus 10. I'll I give you Louisville okay. plus 10. Okay. What do you want to put right. down on this? What do you want to we, put down? We put a smooth 20 on it. Let's put 20 on it. And, and here okay. we go. Here we go. You know, I don't, I don't want to do this to you. But what must be done you, must you be done. Unless we forget Duke football, okay? How many wins hey, do they listen, get? There's no such thing as a good better. There's no such thing as a good better. We all just kind of. <laughs> You know, we we had those moments where it worked out where it does, but I'll tell you this much. Again, the the effort that it would take from the other guys to keep this game within 10, I don't think that Louisville has the horses in the stable to do so. I'm telling you, minimal think, offense, minimal offense. I hear you. I hear you. But if the <laughs> offense is minimal for UVA, it'll be non-existent for Louisville. Okay. It'll okay. Be, is there a doctor in the house? Anybody? Please, we need somebody to resuscitate this offense. They got L. Ellis in the torture chamber, and they can't do nothing without him. Please, somebody help. Help me, please. And that's what I think is going to happen this week. Will it be Hunter Couture? Will it be Basile? Will it be Justin Mutz? Who is going to come through for the Hokies against Georgia Tech tonight? Excuse me, against Virginia for Virginia Tech tonight against Georgia Tech. They play at 7 on ACC Network. I really feel like. You're playing for positioning here. You're playing to make a nice go in the ACC tournament for a potential automatic bid because that's the only way you're getting to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, the Hokies are never out of it till they're out of it. So I'm, I'm feeling like it's going to be a toss-up. Passer's having a tough go. Doesn't ha- Tam sure doesn't have no horses and nobody's stable. But can't take them lightly. This is a game where both teams are playing for pride because let's oh, be yeah. honest. Oh, Do yeah. you really see either one of these teams winning the conference tournament? Let's be honest. Yes. I really think Virginia Tech can mess around and squeak by. They can get lucky and strike. I, if the right – it's all about the nice bracket. It's all about the best bracket. Okay. Call me crazy. You are making me lose hair that I don't even have. This is not a Virginia Tech team that has the opportunity – to win three games in the tournament, let alone win it all, when they're probably going to be one of the first teams playing. They're not going to get a bye at all. Yeah, you're correct. But I still, I just, something, something in me won't just let it go. I can't let it go. In the words of Stephen A., who was on crack? <laughs> who was on? They, they knock it off. All right. All right. Well, I think they're going to win tonight, and they're going to put themselves in a better position to keep it pushing. So That's we'll see. Right. That's fair. I, I too would take Virginia Tech in this game. I think they'll win him. A thousand percent. Last game to go over here on this Wednesday night, Florida State and Clemson. Clemson, listen, dog, you started out at the top spot, got a little tricky towards the end here. Finish strong. Finish strong, and you can still I still think you can make a, a legit push. Hunter Tyson, PJ Hall, and the boys, they're not out of it. They just they got to regroup. They maybe they got a little too big for their bridges. Here's the thing: Clemson is in the rut right now. But that does not, you know, trouble don't last always. And this is <laughs> as good a of a time. Say what? 
I say you're such a pastor. Listen, I, I all I'm saying is this Clemson team has an opportunity here. Coming down the yeah. stretch, you talk about what um, you talk about what Pitt's schedule looks like coming down the stretch. I mean, I'll tell you this: if you're Clemson, they've got a bloodbath towards the end here, so they kind of need to. Well, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a bloodbath, but they have two t- two ranked opponents coming up after three games straight against Cupcakes. They cannot afford to go on a a four game losing streak here. And I'll tell you what: the last team that they beat was Florida State. I think they get back in their winning ways tonight against Florida State. And it was a close one. It wasn't like Florida State, they got blown out. Okay? So I'm just saying, I feel like the Seminoles going to want their lick back. So I'm just saying, Clemson, don't get caught up because you got your face played in Chapel Hill. Don't let it happen to you twice. That's two bad teams in a row. I'll tell you what. And that game wasn't even competitive. That game was not close. It was not like a, oh, man. That That was very unusual. Yeah, they got the wheels whooped off them. So, you know, I'm I'm looking at this situation. I'm saying, all right, what we got going on? How are we gonna play this? What's what's gonna happen here in terms of uh in terms of which Clemson team are we gonna get to show up? Because that Clemson team that showed up to uh Carmichael, they didn't look energized, they didn't look like they were ready. Shut they up. Did, I'm sorry, the Dean Dome. They didn't look you, energized. You in women's they basketball look, mode, that's okay. Yeah, sure. They didn't look energized. They didn't look ready. They didn't look like they were that interested in playing. And that game got out of hand quickly. So, you know, the charge for that team is to not let that one devastatingly bad loss turn into two. A thousand percent. Speaking of Carmichael and gyms and all the things, North Carolina women's basketball takes on North Carolina State here on Thursday. And that's the last game of the ACC Network night. I think that's going to be a good one to say the least. Both teams desperately need the dub. Eva Hodgson and Alyssa Usby are hurt. But NC State, they go be they too up and down for me. I can't take them serious. In the words of Katy Perry, they're hot then they're cold. They're yes then they're no. They're in then they're out. They're up when they're down. They're wrong when it's right. It's black when it's white. I'm sick of it. I don't know which team I'm going to get. Yeah, And I'm tired of I don't know if I'm going to get the team that can beat Notre Dame. And not only beat Notre Dame, for the most part, control the pace of the game, control the game by and large, or if we're going to get the one that loses to a UVA team that they beat by 25 earlier in the season and that was on a seven-game losing streak. You don't know which team is going to walk through that door. You don't know. You don't know. And, And with that being said, you know, in a rivalry game, you hope that a team shows up, gets up, and gets ready. But if if the – I was taught by Miss Vicky Green, shout out to uh, Miss Green, still teaching at Castex to this day. I was taught that the best predictor of future behaviors is the past. And the last time these two teams played, that was NC State's second worst offensive performance of the year. So yeah. I'm going to say that, you know, this is probably not going to go too well for NC State, even though – they're going to be playing in a sold-out Reynolds Coliseum, even though there's all the history with Banghart calling it a small little gym and all that. It's it's I don't I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I, yeah. And I'm not Young Metro, so ain't nothing bad gonna happen to you. But I just don't <laughs> trust. This yeah, a couple more women's games to make sure you make take note of for Thursday: Duke in Virginia Tech, 7 p.m. on ACC Network Extra. Two top 15 opponents. 
I really think Carol Loss is AC coach of the year. Virginia Tech has certainly made a good, strong staple of where they are as a program. Then that's going to be popcorn ready type television. The best women's program in the triangle against one of the best teams in the conference. Yeah. I think that this is, is going to be a really good measuring stick game for both of these teams. It's coming down to that stretch where this game is not only important for, you know, ACC tournament seed and all that. This game is going to be important for NCAA tournament and, talk, and talks about like, okay, wait a minute, who goes where, who gets what seeding? Because this is, again, this, this these are top dogs. This is yeah. TDE, top dog entertainment right here. So let's see how it works out. Thousand percent. Last game, Louisville, Notre Dame. Louisville is unranked, but don't let that fool you. They've been having a nice go at it right now. Notre Dame has been caught slipping a couple times this season. I think that is also going to be a get your popcorn ready game on ESPN. Mind you, Thursday night, make sure you have that circled on the calendar. Both of these teams had a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in them. There were yep. times this year where Louisville was like unwatchable bad. Like they were <laughs> going through it. But we've also seen from Notre Dame losing the teams that you're like, wait, Hold on, who? Yeah. Wait, how? Or playing teams much too close that we all look at and they're like, how was that game close? So I think that this will be a very good game to watch. I think that the matchup to watch in this game will, of course, be uh, Van Lith and Miles. What happens there? Who comes out and leads their team to a victory? Because let's be honest, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. This is as big of a game as they'll have until the actual tournaments get here. This is in that mode where everybody's gearing up and oiling up for the tournament. Who's going to make their big time plays? Who's going to lead their team? That's going to be the question. You know, it's crazy what I've noticed here. We talk about just like fundamental basketball, which I think, you know, you see more of in the women's game. And it's very much like X's and O's, dial it up, run the plays, yada, yada, yada. And we never really harp on bad officiating. But for the men's game, again, we spent a whole first segment Talking about Bert and the boys. That's his name, Bert. That's what you call him, Bert Smith. Mm -hmm. We spent a mm -hmm. whole segment talking about Bert Smith, terrible officiating, running the percentages and how it's off and all the things, yada, yada, yada. Why do you, I'm just curious why you think that is. Again, they don't, I don't believe that they have the same officials, number one. I could be wrong mm -hmm. there, but I don't believe that they have the same officials. But when you have officials with nicknames like TV Teddy, um, but that's yeah. just because how I mean, when you think about also women's games and access and how we've seen more, way more men's games over time than you have of women's games and how it's obviously not been as support, well supported, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, the officiating is all that I feel like people see from the men's game takes away versus like actually enjoying games, which I have. I do for women's matchups. I just think it's very interesting. You can't just enjoy a men's game. It always has to come down to piss poor or great officiating. I mean, because it's it's the officiating has been so bad at times that it has legitimately taken away teams' opportunities to win, which is a legitimate gripe from many, many fan bases and many, many coaches, including Coach Kevin Keats, including Coach Hubert Davis, including uh, you name it. There's been, you know, coaches saying, hey, this is very bad. And so with that being said, I'm just looking up and I'm saying, well, I mean, we can't all be crazy. One of us can be crazy, but it, as the uh, as the old saying goes, if the whole world is crazy except you, maybe you're the one who's insane. You know, the fact that you sit again, sat here and talked ten minutes about a man and his officiating skills, you might be nutty. You actually might again, be a little nutty. 
Again, and if it was just me seeing this, if I was just making this up by myself, yeah. I would say, mm -hmm. you know, sure. If it was just NC State fans, I would say, you know, sure. But again, there is not only anecdotal evidence to back this up, there is empirical data to show, again, a team that's 17-3 and three in all other games, 3-4 and four when he's officiating. That's a problem. That's not normal. That's, okay. that's just not you know, well, now, okay, okay. Well, now, now Bert's on watch, and so we'll talk about that the rest of the season. We'll make sure that Bert's game, especially for NC State, I don't want, I don't want NC State to feel like they got sliding in no way because y'all love to tussle when y'all don't things don't go your way. Y'all, y'all can't even enjoy being a good basketball team without still complaining. And I, I want better for y'all. So we're gonna talk about why I want better for y'all. Maybe on tomorrow's show for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Come back for the little meat on the bone there. Until next time.